Hello. Hi. And welcome to this podcast that we do. Uh, you are Vicky, and I think I'm Douglas. You are Doug. And uh, yeah, it's episode seventy-one. I don't know if I said that. No. Of that show that we do that I want to keep totally anonymous. <laughs> Reviews from the crawl space. <laughs> You can you can follow this anonymous show at RFTCS one on Twitter and reviews from the crawl space as one block on Instagrams and on that what oh, I was just gonna say on Instagram if you want to go look at the album covers that we talk about they're mm-hmm. all there in their pride and glory well at least in photo form True. <laughs> at least in photo form so what and they all have their pants on so what do you have for us today uh, today we have three albums the first one's called. North South by Paul Butterfield. Mm-hmm. Second is Pratt Travers making magic. Pratt Travers. Pratt Travers. <laughs> Never heard of him. Not to be confused with Pat Travers. It's like a knockoff. Uh, and the third album is Scorpions in Trance. Hmm. Sounds very interesting today. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> Somewhat. All right. Okay, North South. Paul Butterfield was an American blues harmonica player, singer, band leader. Uh, He has released a ton of albums over the years and has appeared on quite a few albums from other artists as an accompanist. And he's been the leader of a couple of bands that he was in, the Mm -hmm. Paul Butterfield Blues Band and Paul Butterfield's Better Days. (laughs) Uh, He also did three solo albums, of which this This is one. one. Yes, one of them. It's the second one, and it was released in 1981. Sadly, Paul Butterfield died in 1987 at the age of 44 due to an accidental drug overdose, which... Whoopsie. If you actually read what was in the system, it wasn't really accidental. Yeah, but it was... Apparently, he was dealing with chronic pain. Well, yeah, he had, uh, like, some chronic inflammatory bowel thing. Yeah, yeah. And he had been had a bunch of surgeries and yeah, but he was on kind of stuff. he was addicted to heroin or morphine, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, heroin. And he yeah. had other other kinds of drugs, drugs in, his in his system. Yeah, not not ones that work well together. I I, I don't think that he meant to uh, off himself, but mm, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like we're going to we go back into our medical. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our medical <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, we'll just snip it right there. Okay. Yeah. All right, the producer of this album was a guy named Willie Mitchell, an American trumpeter, not to be confused with Trumper. <laughs> he played a trumpet, uh, producer, composer, arranger, and band leader with 419 production credits to his name. Al Green, Ike and Tina Turner were about the two most notable mm. that I could see on the list. A bunch of the other ones I did have. Any idea what they were about? Track listing. Um, side one. I get excited. Get some fun in your life. Footprints on the windshield upside down. Catch a train. Bread and Butterfield. Side two. Living in Memphis. Slow down. Let it go. And Baby Blue. The playtime of the album is 33 minutes and 12 seconds. For context, if you are a Paul Butterfield fan, the before album of this is Put It In Your Ear, uh, was released in 1976, <laughs> and the after album was The Legendary Paul Butterfield Rides Again in 1986. Hmm. Well, it's funny because <clears throat> just with you list, listing the titles, the song titles off, we can uh, kind of talk about one thing that we neither of us liked right away. It's just that looking at the song titles, 
the song title makes up like 80% of the lyric base oh, in, yeah. in a very, song. Oh, yeah, very, very repetitive lyrics. And it's almost, where... like, it's almost like one of those things where it's he's just naming things that he sees. <laughs> I'm walking down the street, there's my feet. Like, it's so, it's so I'm dumb. Gonna catch a train. Gonna catch a train. Gonna catch a train. I'm getting excited. It's so dumb. And it's so simplistic. You know what it reminds me of? It's like, you know those tapes that... Uh, uh, breeders would buy for their for their kids in the car where it's like <laughs> they just listen to it and it's like either just like safe safe covers of the song or just like a knockoff that sounds like some song that you know this is what that album is for it's it's crazy and this the part about it is is that this dude is is he's very i know well regarded in the blue circles i know it's so weird and this this album was so dumb but and like so, that word that we use overuse is just generic. Like I honestly can't explain yeah. it any other way. It's like if you're making a, a studio producer, or a movie maker in the '80s, you know, you're coked up, you have coke boogers hanging around, you're like, hey, give me, give me some. Yes, I just heard it. <laughs> give me, give me some music, but I don't want to pay a lot of money. <laughs> then, then you hand them this and be like, hey, it's blues funk. Uh, harmonica. <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. It's the '80s, baby. It's one of those albums that we have come to loathe. It has a million as of these albums. As far as albums. the blues genre is concerned, it's not good. Well, it's... You know what? The dude from the Blues Travelers probably had this album growing up because <laughs> it's the only it's the only influence I can see out there. Oh yeah, it was. And like, and the strength of his not just forget the lyrical content. Just his vocals weren't very good. No, very, I don't. Yeah, I it, agree with you there. Everything was super basic, and yeah. and like you said, and then reading reading about this guy and how he brought certain kinds of um, uh, some of the the black music to white people again, you know, gentrifying it a little bit, but he kind of brought some of that some uh, what do they call it, like Delta blues and. Uh, there was other, some other specific kind of folk music. But it's just, it's, I know, I was reading it so disappointing and hearing this album. It's just, it's hard to reconcile that this guy's had a huge impact in anything. Oh, yeah, he had a shit ton of albums that he yeah. let go, like, that he released. Uh, compilations, uh, live yeah. albums. Like, the list goes on and on and on. So it's, it's kind of... Um, oh, maybe he has other good albums out there. I don't know, but I don't know. This is not it. No, not for me and um, 1976. So this would have been what did I say? This was released in 70. Oh, in 81, and he died in 87. So, yeah, yeah. Anything else you'd like to add about? There was one song on the first side, I can't remember what it's called. Um, that was mostly harmonic. No. Gotta catch train. Oh, oh and that uh, other one, footprints on the windshield, on the windshield. upside <laughs> down. Oh Jesus, no! This goes on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, stop. Uh, you're probably thinking of bread and butterfield. Yeah, probably. It's the last song on the first. Song. Uh, yeah, and that was one of that the ones. That was just harmonica with. Yeah. There's no vocals. It was or instrumental, and that to me that'd be the one, the closest, closest thing I can recommend on here, which is still yeah. not a great recommendation. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's probably the best song on the album. Yeah. Well. Okay, so North South Paul Butterfield, Bearsville, Cadillac XBR six nine nine five, Canada nineteen eighty. How do you said this is nineteen eighty one? This album, well, this album here is nineteen eighty. I was only going by what's in the uh, Wikipedia. Oh well, lied. 
Somebody, I don't look. I don't double check the dates in Discogs. Somebody's lying to me. Uh, anyways, it's original pressing. Discogs. <laughs> the condition is uh, the cover is good. The corners are a little bit smushed, but the spine's readable and there's not too much fade. Actually, it's in, in pretty good condition. Yeah, it's got a. Um, oh, that's a maple leaf. Oh shit! It's got a punch, a hole punch too. Uh, oh, okay, that's what I was gonna say, but then I saw it was a. It's in the other corner. Yeah, yeah. So there is a hole punch. Just you know, this one is probably a discount considering. Um, the vinyl uh, was good. Uh, it was scratched and scuff-free. There was a hard skip, and we were talking about this. I actually I was looking at it, so the hard skip in there, is on the very last song again, in the middle of the last song, is actually a defect in the vinyl. Like, you can actually see something in the vinyl itself. So that's why it does that. And I actually have come across that a couple of times lately yeah. where it's been defective. I'd be super pissed off. <laughs> you guys put up with a lot of bullshit I would not put up with. I'm buying a vinyl and it's, it can't play the last song because it was made defectively. Get out of here with that. Uh, thankfully, we we switched to CD pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. And there was no problems there. Uh, One thing I just want to say is I would okay. like... You know that we just watched that show Upload where they take dead people's memories right, and upload their, them into a... Their consciousness. I would love to be able to have access to the memories around some of your purchases that your dad made or your mom for some of these <laughs> albums some of these that albums. they've done. Like, why? What was their thought process? What was going through their mind? What's going on? Why did they buy this crap? <laughs> uh, yes. All right, carry on. <laughs> uh, the audio was okay. Uh, there was a few pops and hiss. It, it, all three of these need a deep cleaning, but they're in good, good condition. Um, as for the mix, it is a basic stereo mix. It was stereo, but then that was it. Like, it was flat again. There's no bass again. I just, I don't understand that. Because I could imagine back in the day, little Billy and little Su Susie Q there. Putting they the were baseless. Put, yeah, putting their shit down on the turntable. Well, there's no fucking bass coming out of those speakers back in the 70s. Like, because this is crazy. You, these guys are anti-bass. Now I want my insides to vibrate. Exactly. <laughs> I want to be able to feel it internally. Exactly. That's And that's how music should be played. <laughs> so cover photo by Aaron Rappaport, which has been on the show before. Album cover design by Simon Levy. Uh, back cover design by Bob Heimel. Um, some of these guys have been on the show before. So Aaron... He's also on Instagram. We follow him on the Instagrams. He's there. He posts all kinds of stuff. Very active. Has 316 credits to his name. Uh, he's been on the show before with Jackson Brown, uh, Running on Empty. Uh, he's also worked with Styx, Supertramp, REO Speedwagon. Now, I'm pretty sure <clears throat> he's done something else in the show, but it's one of those cases where with 500 and, what did I say? Or with 316 credits, I have to go through and actually like try and figure out individually because it's not labeled proper. Yeah. So I know that he's oh, done. Oh, that takes forever. Yeah, and that's I know that's on it. That's why you're always. That's why quite often you're done way ahead of me when we do the things because I'm still trying to like figure out how many times this guy been on the show before. Well, to be fair, yours a lot of the stuff that you do requires a lot more digging for sure. Yeah, some of it does. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, whereas me, I'm I've got the simple stuff. You're just trying to condense block just blocks of information. Sometimes blocks of information just down to a few. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Simon, uh, former art director and graphic designer with 283 credits to his name. Neil Young, Crazy Horse, uh, Arlo Guthrie, uh, Ray Stevens. Uh, he actually left the industry in uh, 1996 to focus on woodworking. Has his own cool. uh, SimonLevyWood.com does his own wood artwork. That's really cool. I wish that I had that talent Just to, to make things with my hands. And, and some of it is pretty 
it's pretty fucking cool. Like Neat. it's it's really artsy, fartsy shit. Like, uh, but some of it's really cool. So like John Fusel got Fusel dog. Yeah, kind it, of yeah. It's, some of it can be kind of uppity, but some of it is also really cool. And cool. It's like it's woodworking. So. Oh, cool, cool. Oh, and Bob, who's been on definitely been on the show before. 548 credits to his name. He's been on the show with The Doors with 13, The Doors, Weird Scenes, and Southside Johnny, just to name a few. And I'm sure, I can tell you right now, just by looking at all of these guys' catalog, they'll be on the show in the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. it's pretty, um, we've noticed that in, in 70 episodes that uh, yeah. there's a lot of repetition in a lot of ways. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for me. Okay. Keeping it short, keeping it tight. So Discogs has three of these albums for sale for um, $14.40. Hmm. 67 people have it. Eight people want it. It gets rated 4.25 out of 5 with four ratings. Uh, the resale value on this album is $10, $12.20, and $14.40. Well, I know it's hole punch, but that's in pretty good condition. So if somebody wants that for $14, you got it. Uh, is there anything else to do with it? Rating? Oh yeah, oh, God. I just can't get away for it. One point, I, no, I want one, not one point five, one. Mm. And I give it two. Oh wow, yeah, it's lucky you said something up earlier. We just have, we're just getting tits deep in these albums, and this, in this specific type of album. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, okay, Paul, Paul wait. Paul down. down. Okay. Okay, right, Pat Travers making moving. making magic. <laughs> Pat Travers is a Canadian rock guitarist, keyboardist, and singer who began his recording career in the mid-70s. He started playing guitar at the age of 12. Then he saw... Um, I forgot his name. Jimmy... Never mind. <laughs> um, Making Magic was no, his... it was No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Jimi Hendrix. Was then it Hendrix? he saw Jimi Hendrix. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like... Okay, go ahead. No, then he saw Jimi Hendrix okay. and his world exploded. Well, as they do. Uh, Make and Magic was his as second album, released in 1977. Mm -hmm. He's released almost 40 albums in his career, the latest being in 2019. They Over the years, active, yeah. he's released 21 singles from his from his compilation of, or his body of work. Was, yeah. And he's still active today. In fact, uh, he's got a tour... Yeah, he had dates booked for like next month. Books. I don't, I don't know if that's gonna actually go off, considering what's going on. The world's face melting off, but. So yeah, that's um, he's still active. Yeah. Uh, producer Emil Zobi. Forty-one producing credits to his name. Pat Travers is the most notable. Uh, Make it magic. Yeah. Not much available on that producer guy. Not much available in general on this fucking album. Um, track listing side A. Make it magic. Rock and Roll Susie, mm -hmm. You Don't Love Me, Stevie. Side 2, Statesboro Blues, Need Love, Hooked on Music, What You Mean to Me. Now, there were two singles off this album, the Rock and Roll Susie and Stevie. Yeah, I would, uh, st yeah, Stevie for sure is, is my pick for a song. If you're going to listen to a song off of here, Stevie go is definitely the best one, I think. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. Um, this is he, Pat Travers is a kick-ass guitar player. The music is hard, driving, hard rock. It's, it's, yeah, it's hard rock, and of course the blues element. And it's funny because you know we get these flavors. We just complained about the last album because we've had so many, but here comes like this guy's. It's still 
it still has its grounding in blues. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's a harder rock. There's more there's more progressiveness to it. There's there's more like you said, he's, he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah, he is. And and it's funny that both of us seem to enjoy it more when he would just stop singing and they would just play and he'd just be like Yeah. Way fucking better. And and quite often too, um, like we we're talking about, I, I found myself and not necessarily tuning him out in his guitar playing because it's amazing, but I'm quite a f- uh, quite a bit focused on the drums and the bass and how they just like played with each other and interacted and it was really like really fucking good stuff going on there. So yeah, I kind of kind of wish he wouldn't sing. It's not that it's horrible; it's just better when he's not. Well, in this album, like by the third time we listened to it, this album had really started to grow on me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one that I would put on and listen to start to finish. No. I would cherry pick a few songs, throw yep. them on my playlist, and... And I have to say, too, we need to start having, uh, you know, like in, in How Does Get Made, when they just start screaming Geostorm, we should start doing that with Canadian content. It just starts screaming CanCon, because that's, this is what this album is, too. Yeah. And that's why everything was so familiar, like listening to it a couple times, like, oh, yeah, I fucking, I know these couple of these songs. Yeah, be, just because those two are the only... Uh, songs that were released as singles doesn't mean that they were the only two songs with radio airplay. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. And especially because he w- he was born and raised in Toronto. Yep. And that is the center of the fucking universe in Canada. <laughs> and so those Toronto area radio stations just pounded. Probably just played the snot out of this. And, and once again, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. For those of you who are listening and don't understand, in Canada, um, I'm not sure if it's, is it still the law? But back then, particularly, I think so, yeah. in order to, there's a law called CanCon, a Canadian content, where 75%, I think, of what was on the radio had to be Canadian content. Or there was... It, had, it was, was a high percentage. There was a high percentage where it had to be Canadian content and Canadian musicians and Canadian artists, whatever. Which is why a lot of Canadian artists um, are, you know, had successful Success- careers. Oh, for sure, yeah, totally. Because they were able to uh, cash in on... And not just be drowned out. And and I can't say that I'm disappointed in that law. Oh, no, no. Because it really brought a lot of Canadian people to my attention who... For sure. I normally wouldn't have listened to or I just think of, of like, this, the amazing amount of Canadian bands. So two off the top of my head, the guess who and Rush. Like, without mm-hmm. them, where were they? Without CanCon, even though Rush made it big in the U.S. first, where would those, you know, where would it be without those kinds of rules around? Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's, to me, that's why I got played. And even on the album, there's actually a little seal on the album that says that it meets the requirement for 75% of... Canadian content, yeah. so that's just hilarious. So people wonder why we talk about Canadian content because here I said forever, and now now it's kind of yeah. Irrelevant, I'm not so but, sure it's so stringent anymore. Well, how can you with the way like you can get music from anywhere? How can yeah. you force that? But that's anyway. So growing well, up, growing up listening to the radio or, or to television or whatever, there are a lot more Canadian content that, that had to be on there. So that's why, like you said, we have so many you know Canadian artists in here. And radio's become so <laughs> irrelevant. Oh, I know. It's one thing I want to talk about. We're, we're way off in a sidebar now. Sometimes when I go out for a smoke and it's a shitty outside, I'll go hot box the car. And one thing I do when I'm out there smoking is I'll listen to the radio. Which makes me laugh. And it, it, it makes me laugh, too, because I turn it on and I swear to fuck that it has not changed one bit in 20, 25 years. I can turn it to the same channel I listened to growing up as a kid and it's the same fucking music playing. And it's so creepy and surreal. It actually just, like... Gives me like goosebumps. It's just like, oh, nothing has changed. I just like walk into this weird space and time. And yeah, it's like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, we never have the radio on in the car when we're driving. No, that's um, why would you do that? <laughs> Doug has Spotify hooked up to the radio, and we're listening to. 
I have a DJ in my car who yeah. curates playlists for me. Could you imagine listening to fucking commercials in your car? No. On radio? Oh no. my god, no. thought of that based no. on the vomit. So I go through for nostalgia purposes and see what's on there and it's the same <laughs> stuff that's always been on there. Uh, oh my god, I, almost, uh, I think I laughed out loud one of the times. Somebody, that's so funny. Someone came on the radio. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Alright. <clears throat> okay, that's over. So I guess it's on to me. Yes. Okay, Make It Magic. Pat Travers, Polydor, Polydor Records, Catalog, PD-1-6103, Canada 77, uh, original. Condition, it's okay, it's good. Readable spine. Uh, it's got fade. It's got the condom ring. It's got some fade. It's been in there for a while. It's probably been played a few times. Um, <clears throat> sleeve is just plain paper. Oh, like always. I'm sure it's just, none of these, are, I'm sure all these are, have, are supposed to have some sort of like proper photo sheet with lyrics. It's all plain paper. That's what they replaced over the years. <laughs> yeah. you, uh, they probably They're lucky use it, they have a wrapper. Probably use it for filters or something. But uh, They're not just... Yeah. Um, and the audio, uh, actually, I thought it was it was a good stereo mix. It lacks, once again, it lock, lacks bottom end, but the guitar and the drum, every, the bass, you could hear everything. It was all working together. Nothing overpowered the other. So it was good. And I was able to find absolutely zero, nothing about the artist, about the cover, who did that. Nothing which on is the cover, eh? Not, not one fucking thing wow. anywhere. Google searching. And that's searching. such a crazy cover, too. I want to talk about how horrifying the front, the front is, cover yeah. is. That is some terrifying, scary shit right there. Yeah. It's like, uh, I've been thinking about this. It's like, it's like, it's like gay Christian porn. Yeah, because he doesn't look like he's making magic there. No, no. In fact, and then like, it, and why does he have no legs but he's got arms? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And his pants are all shredded at the bottom. Is he a ghost? Is why is it magic? What makes that magic? <laughs> Fucking, it's terrifying and stupid. Yeah. That well, the on back the, on the back that yeah, makes that's, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. Boom. He's got the guitar over his head, rock and roll. And sparks coming out of his feet. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Boom. I get that. That makes way more sense. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. That looks like a... Yeah, that one's just painful looking. Yeah, it does look painful. It's just magic. And if that, if that's his cum face, man, I've, I've seen way too much. That does not look... It's like... Yeah, I can see it now in the photo shoot. Okay, make it face like you're having a good time. And he's like... It's like, fuck. No. God. Anyways, I, I don't know who the artist was who made him do that, so... Uh, and we don't know why they picked it. No. Look at the same with the back is a far superior image. Uh, holy crap. They just could have thrown some black, red, and yellow paint at the at the wall and called it a record cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm done. There's nothing, there's nothing to talk about here. So. Um, one thing I don't think I mentioned with my bit was the context. Oh, no. The before album was his, his debut album, Pat Travers, in 1976. And the after album was called Putting It Straight in 1977. So that means that he put out two albums. And some of the reviews that I read, too, that people tend to like this one, I felt this one was a better album over the first one. Than the first one? Yeah. I felt the first one was too safe, where this one he was kind of getting out there, stretching his legs a little bit more. Good stuff. Yeah, and I said, like I said, the musicianship's really good on this album. Oh, yeah. So would you give it? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Discogs, oh, nine yeah. for sale for $4.50. 136 have it, 16 want it. It gets mm. four to five with seven ratings. Resale value is $1.25. 
$5.50 and $15.58 in good condition. So... No, would you give it? What do I give this? I'd say 2 out of 5. Oh, well. Okay. No, 2.5 out of 5. Okay. Seeing how I just gave Dingle just, Nuts Butterfield. Well, that and you just talked about how much you like some of the stuff. Um, yeah, for me, it's at least a, it's a 3. But... Be, because, like you said, I don't know if I've listened to the whole album again, but I would have, some of the songs on there, for sure, are, yeah. are good. So that's why three. It's like, And there wasn't bad songs on the album at all. No. So that's why I give it three, because, you know, yeah. I like the way this episode so far has gone. We start at the bottom with Paul, and then we've kind of gone to the middle a little bit. And we'll see where uh takes us next. So um, you've got nothing left? Nope. Okay. Da making Pat, magic? Pat Travers down. Okay. All right, last but not least, mm -hmm. Scorpions mm -hmm. in Trance. Now, we have reviewed another uh, Scorpions album yep. back, I can't Wait. remember what episode. I think it was still doing when we were doing video. Um, it was Fly to the Rainbow, and it came out in 1974. It was their second album. So, Scorpions are a German heavy metal band formed in 1964. In Trance is their third studio album released in 1975. It was a complete departure from the progress, from the progressive Krautrock, to me that seems racist. It's not. Of the two previous albums in favor of a hard rock sound with shorter and tighter arrangements. It's weird that, because I uh, generally like, I like the crowd, like the prog rock. And we've talked, we've had other kraut prog rock on here that I've really enjoyed. And yeah. it's so weird that I didn't enjoy that first album, but I did not. And, uh, yeah, I know. I liked it. Yeah, you did. It yeah, was yeah. kind of my first real exposure. Yes. I mean, I'd heard Scorpions before, but um, actually listening for, to that album yeah. cover to cover um, was kind of new for me. So I, I liked it. Yeah. And, and then, like you said, then this is a, a tighter, faster album, which... Uh, obviously appealed to me this time. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, right from the get go, we both liked it. Because right away, it was like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> Agree. Sorry, continue on. That's okay. <laughs> so the shorter, tighter arrangements help them achieve global success and fame. Yeah. And they're still an act today, and they're actively touring. Um, the producer is a fellow named Dieter Dirks, a German musician, sound engineer, producer, music publisher, and studio owner, with two hundred and forty-three credits, uh, producing credits to his name. Scorpions are the most notable. The rest of them are all German bands that I've yeah. never heard of yep. before. Uh, the track listing. Side A, Dark Lady, In Trance, Life's Like a River, Top of the Bill, Living and Dying. Side 2 is Robot Man, Evening Wind, Sun in My Hand, Longing for Fire, and Night Lights. Now this album uh, was a 37 minute and 17 second Runtime. No. It produced two singles, In Trance and Night Lights. And for context, the before album was Fly to the Rainbow, 1974, mm -hmm. their first album, and um, the after album, Virgin Killer, 1976. And there's two songs right away. Like, this is, if you're going to listen to this album, just go and you have the time, the 37 minutes, go listen to this whole album. Yeah. But if you need. I'm going to point you in a direction if you need two songs. It's going to be either Dark Lady off the top or I'm going to go with Evening Wind. Yeah. Um, I think either both of those. It's funny, Evening Wind is the longest and the slowest one on the album, but I think it just like shows off everything. Um, but the whole album. 
Yeah, the whole album is. Uh, and yeah, in, I and in fact, like the it. first time through, I was going to say that I actually enjoyed side B. I thought side B was actually slightly stronger, um, to some degree. But not nah, the whole album. It's fucking good. We've listened to it like three times since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just a good album. I mean, and the guitar riffs are just incredible. Oh yeah, well, so much of it, the guitar, and the, all the, of once that. again, the, the drum and the bass. Yeah. Like a lot of that stuff. And they're and, so fucking tight. Yeah. And they're talented. Like the, I know some of it's the guy throws out the high pitched, the screams oh, every once yeah, in a yeah, while. That's but cool. but <clears throat> it just shows you, compared to like Paul, Paul Butterfield, the the first album that we listened to, we're talking like leagues difference in skill and training for that voice. Like uh, yeah, this is well, a, and and the musicianship. Vo- so. There's a lot of good backup vocals too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, where he pulls up his underpants and gets and he just those like high notes. belts it out there. Yeah. It's um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. No, it's uh, it was a good one, and like the drumming, and there's lots of it's straight. It's a little more straightforward, but still, all the progressive elements are there. There's some yeah. some great. Oh yeah, man, I love it. Like you said, uh, the the face melting guitar riffs and. No, this is, this is one, like I said, it just shifts right into, you know, to me, this is like, I, I don't understand why I didn't like that first one, but it doesn't matter because I like this one a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do want to say before I get into my stuff, unless unless you're not done. Uh, no, I'm done. I just want to say, I want to talk about the actual cover of this before I get into reading about uh, the guys who did it. So this, this, so the original version of this cover, if you guys want to go whip over to the Instagrams, um, oh yeah, it was pretty controversial. I yeah, because originally her her tits were hanging down, like she just her boobs were hanging down over the guitar, like right. they're, they're they're actually just there. But so in the earlier versions, that actually was a, they released that. Yeah. But all the other versions since have been it's blacked out, which I actually don't mind the blacked out version because you it, you know what's going on. Yeah. I just kind of wish they'd almost have left like a, a faint outline yeah, of her yeah, boobs. Yeah. Kind of like her, her leg. knee, yeah, yeah, her knee or her hand or like this part down here, just like super faint, so you can almost not see it and leave it all up to the imagination. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and it's the first album to feature the band's iconic font slash logo. From then on out, it's that logo on pretty much everything they ever did. Makes me want to go dig that other one out just yeah. to see the difference. Yeah. <laughs> Although I can, I think it was. Find it other I think places. it was on that. It was kind of going in this direction. I don't think it was too far off this. So. But yeah, I just want to throw it out there first. And we know how we like to discuss our fonts. Yes, we are big on the fonts here. Well, there's lots of fonts and font designery that's come out of uh, out of, of album covers. So yeah. So yeah, in trance, Scorpions, RCA, uh, catalog PPL one four one two eight. This is an American America version, uh, 1976 original. Uh, this is a uh, pressing from Indianapolis, the RCA plant in Indianapolis. I don't know why the American ones are so easy to find the pressing information. Canadian, maybe Canada just have one shitty pressing plant. Well, I did see um, I did see something for one of the albums in my travels today oh, okay. that said it was done in Toronto. Oh, okay, that was probably the last one. Then. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, uh, covers and Porsche shape the spine is unreadable you can't get any numbers or anything off of it it's pretty worn and faded uh plain paper sleeve uh the vinyl's actually really good uh scratch and scuff free uh it needs a deep cleaning again but other than that i uh we talked about it we both thought the vinyl here even as it is sounded better than spotify it just it had more bass it just sounded more of a a full rich sound mm-hmm. 
and where Spotify sounded like it was just all mid mid range sound, no highs, no lows, just right in the middle. Um, uh, cover design, um, co-design, that's just the name of the company, co-design, and cover photo by Michael von Gimbutt. I'm not sure how to say that in German. Gim maybe it's, it's Gimbut. I don't know. Maybe it's different. I don't know. <laughs> it's Gimbut. Gimbut. But it's, but it's German. So anyways. <laughs> so co-design, a design house based in Germany. 47 credits to their name. All of them are unfamiliar German bands. Don't worry about it. I mean, I can list them for you. You won't know who they are. I can make them up and you wouldn't know who they are. So. Well, not necessarily, but... Yeah, Uter Utenlog and <laughs> Sauerkraut McFace. Sauerkrauty McSout. Sauerkraut face. Uh, sorry, Michael. Uh, driven Photog with 131 credits to his name. Eric Burden, honestly, is the only one that I recognized. Everything else is, is German. I I thought one, one called Scatman John. That was kind of funny. We've done an Eric Burden album, too, haven't we? Yeah, that was Eric Burden, The Animal's Greatest Hits Part 2. Okay. Something like that. There was some, like some stupid Canadian edition of something, uh, and that's that's it for me. And that one, there really wasn't much, other than the little controversy around her boobs. Yeah, and, there was quite uh, a like I saw quite a block of text dedicated to talking about the controversy, um, but I figured you'd cover it, so I didn't need to read it. Yeah, well, I'd like to have seen the original. <laughs> My brain doesn't do well at reading these days. They All right, just fine. Uh, Discogs nine for sale from twenty six dollars and nineteen cents. Three hundred sixty nine have it. Two hundred and forty want it. It gets four point one four out of five with thirty seven ratings. The resale value nineteen dollars and sixty five cents. Thirty one dollars and forty four cents and fifty two dollars and forty if yeah. it's in good condition. Well, the vinyl's in back in good condition. The, the sleeve isn't, or the cover's not. Yeah. So, would you give it? I gave it four point five. Yeah, fuck off. So did I. That's <laughs> like a classic album. Like I hear so many. We listen to it. I hear so many of the other bands, especially metal bands, influences. Like, yeah, yeah, this is a good album. So yeah, four point five. <laughs> That's what I gave it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> You're just copying me. All right. No, and it's funny. We don't often disagree on things, which makes maybe maybe we should start having fist fights or something during the <laughs> over over add, albums add people some, can't see add some strife to the podcast <laughs> oh don't worry there's still lots of strife in there alright best out of three? Oh, that <laughs> scorpions yeah another thing we agree on scorpions and yeah but I have to say and, it's, and going through it again Pat Travers is not too too far no, behind no you I totally agree with you there um, it's I not totally as quite like. clear-cut as I would have thought the first time around, so... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. So, yeah, the first time around, we're kind of just relieved that sometimes it's not what we thought it was going to be. Or not as bad as we thought it was going to be. And, uh, yeah, by the time we get to the third listen through, it's kind of grown on us sometimes. Okay. Or, yeah, or gotten worse. <laughs> or gotten worse, yeah. Okay. Um, thanks for listening, and, um, yeah, catch you soon. Bye. Bye.